Welcome to another episode of Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. Delighted to have a, a guest who's also a sponsor, Mike Fruitman from Mike Stadium Sport Cards in uh, Aurora, Colorado. We're going to talk about a range of things. I think Mike will do more of the talking because I'm going to actually interview Mike and hear about his uh, journey in this great hobby and industry and how he how he uh, got to where he is. Uh, my other sponsors are Beckett Media, ComC, BGS, BAS, Burbank Sports Cards, another outstanding card shop, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions. We're actually in Chicago right now while we're recording this, and most of the sponsors are within about 500 yards uh, over at the show or uh, somewhere around. Upper Deck, Panini, and Tops as well. So, welcome, Mike Fruitman. It's been several episodes now where I've been discussing certain sponsors, and you have been shortchanged up to this point. I'm okay with that. You might be okay, but long term, uh, one of the things I like about you is that you have such a heart for the industry and the, and the local card shop in particular that uh, that's refreshing because I, I share the opinion that if you don't have strong local card shops, it's going to be difficult to maintain a, a hobby, especially that's going to get into the next generations. So I think we, we, we agree on that, but how did you come to this situation of having this, uh, this your, your store up in Colorado? How did you get involved in the hobby? Were you a collector as a kid? Give us, give us a little bit of background. Well, like many people in this world, Pete Rose either ruined or saved my life. I haven't figured that out yet. Um, so I, you're a gambler. Uh, yes. <laughs> under, not related, but yes. Um, whenever we're at this event. But you bet on your own team. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. They like me in Vegas. I have a host. Um, uh, so, so at a young age, my, my parents brought me to the Skipper Chuck show, which is the South Florida Miami version of, uh, the, the Bozo the Clown show. And on the way out, I don't know if they just happened to pick up their own or whether Tops was really way, 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 way ahead of the game, but uh, I got a, my goodie bag included a pack of 1978 Tops baseball. And growing up in Miami, we really didn't have local teams. We had the Orioles for spring training, Yankees were up in Tampa. But I developed, uh, the first World Series I watched was Yankees Reds. So in my first pack, I opened it up and I got a Pete Rose card where he's sitting on the bench and a piece of gum. And I was probably destined to cure diseases, make major legal impacts, resolve worldwide matters. Um, and Pete Rose derailed all those plans because I, <laughs> after that point, I started crossing roads I may or may not supposed to have been crossing with money that may or may not have been mine and pursuit of sports cards at the 7-Eleven or the magazine store because there weren't card shops in, in Miami. I guess there still aren't, unfortunately. But um, that- So you were an aggressive collector as a young person. Oh yeah, I, I wrote on checklists. I did horrible things. I yeah, I was I remember I still remember having the, the boxes. I would keep you know the cards in the boxes because I couldn't get a, a shoe box or the, the original box. And uh my, my luck with girls wasn't very good, so that allowed me to focus more of my monies throughout uh middle school and certainly high school on, on card matters. Uh, took a few years off. I found myself in Boulder, and uh, Bob Givens had a store in Table Mesa just outside of Boulder, and I just happened to walk into it, and the guy was throwing a party. He was Alan Norris before there was an Alan Norris, and it was it was an incredible experience. There were so many people hanging out, and it was just card bedlam, and I was like, this is incredible, and I was looking at the showcases, and I have that card, and I have that $50 card, and wow, cards are also worth money in addition when, to being cool. When you walked in there, was this... After the influence of Alan Nars, had he been to one of Alan's uh, top seminars? Oh, geez, now this was like 1988. So I, I don't think Alan was on the road by that point. No, I didn't I know what an Alan Nars was. Yeah. Well, he's a phenomenon. Yes. He's a tidal wave. <laughs> he's a tsunami. Yeah. Uh, but your store, do you try to borrow liberally from uh, Alan's successes, which he. He willingly shares. So, do you have some of that same enthusiasm? In, in eighty five, excuse me, ninety five. After I had the shop for a few years and really didn't know what I was doing aside from buy, sell, next. Um, Tops had a two day convention and it was uh, Bill Tucker and um, Ed 
at camp? At camp, yeah. And and they had the lead one day, and the first day Rob Veers was presenting, and the next yeah. day there was a guy named Alan Ars, and tons of Q&A presentation, lots of slides. And the first day I left there thinking, wow, I'm going to organize every single one of my cards. They will be in a database, and I will have them online, and I will be rich like this guy over here. And the next day it was more Q&A, more slides, and then there was this Yahoo named Nars who, with his horn and everything else, got the room swept up in a frenzy. Yeah. There was probably 60, 70 card shop guys, all the Denver guys, and a lot of people came in. And here's this guy whipping this room up into a frenzy. I'm like, what is going on? We are jaded, and here we are, like, young at the top of our lungs. I've got somebody with 328 home runs. I want to win this prize. <laughs> So that, that, I was like, okay, so I want to be the organized guy or the party guy. And I went for the party route. Well, uh, to what extent, I mean, it's not an either or, is it? I mean, to what extent, we'll, we'll get more into the, your card shop and your card shop philosophies maybe in another episode. But since you've had the card shop, did that, uh, uh, curtail your collecting or did it refocus your collecting into more memorabilia or what, what, uh, what happened to the collecting bug? When you had a store, because some people have to put that on the on the on the shelf or on the side. So I got out of college in 1992, and I started working at a card shop, and it was one of those Victor Kayam things where I liked it so much I bought it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, like you're gonna get the Victor Kayam thing, like two other people. Yeah, okay. uh, so I, I bought it, and, and the first thing I did after you know filling up every case, and I had one spot left, and I found a 25 cent Lawrence Taylor Pro Set card because by God, I, I paid for every square inch of that place, and I was gonna have a card every square inch. Um, somebody brought in a Joe Montana rookie card, and this is December of '92, and he ruled the school. Yep. So I wanted to have a good card store, a good card store has good cards. So here it is right before Christmas. I buy this card, I put it in my showcase, and I start turning down offers for it because I wanted uh-huh. my store to have that card. Yeah. I'm a better store. So, what, you don't want to sell it? No, I want, I want to have a good card store. Like, whatever, man, you can keep your card, it's fine. And I turned down probably three, four, five people who were regular, so I knew because I still, I didn't just open the store. Uh, fortunately, I knew them because the next week somebody brought in a second Joe Montana rookie, and then I have two, which is two more than I need. Okay, so it's, it's the uh, Scarface don't get high in your own supply thing. I, I bought it, I sold it, I'm not a museum. So I, I quickly uh, tucked tail, called two of those folks, and got those things out the door before Christmas, and that kind of taught me how to collect. So I collect mentally, if that makes sense. Um, I did not have a 67 Tops Carew uh, yeah, for a very yeah. long time, right. and it was always a pursuit card, and I got one. Top and card, I, yeah. And the Seaver, I mean, I, I finally got the Carew first, and I had it, and I put it, I looked longingly at it, and I appreciated having it, and a price tag went on it right away. But you have other... Other interests. I mean, how, how do you, because uh, I think you have uh, concerts and other kinds of uh, things that are going. So how do you, how do you bring that philosophy or the, the, that, that uh, diversity of interest into the card shop? Are you mainly sports or do you have other? It's really a sports card shop with a, a percentage of uh, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. I'll carry the uh, Leaf Entertainment products. Upper Deck will also make uh, Marvel entities, so we'll carry those. Um, I didn't carry the Beach Boys uh, release from Panini, and, and maybe I should have, but but I'll dabble in, in you know, um, American Pie, uh, the, some of those uh, other releases. Uh, th- those have been fun. And is, are, are music and concerts, is that another passion for you? Is it equal or less or greater or what? In addition to Pete Rose, I, I, I had the concert job. I started working security at events in uh, 88. And that, I was like, okay, so if I go work for IBM, if I go corporate, can I get to McNichols by 5 o'clock every night? How can I do that? So part of going towards the store direction was, well, you know, if i got to put up a sign that says Van Halen's in town, be back tomorrow, I would hope that people would be really understanding. This is before I could send an email. But people kind of figured out, well, there's a Nuggets game or a concert. He's not going to be there after 5. And how did you get, you just always did that? Or was there, is, that, is there a career path for someone listening to this, uh, <laughs> this uh, episode? I went to see Bruce Springsteen in 1988, and I was the first, they announced it, and I ran over uh, people back in the day, you would not buy your tickets online, you would camp out, and you know what? And it was fun, because you're hanging out with 100 people in line. We were all serious. Like-minded, and yes. somebody's got the car stereo jamming, hopefully not four, so you can actually hear the song. I was the line master, and my first friends, uh, we had the first eight spots in line, so all those guys got really good seats, and I got front row, and I hate saying this, I scalped Bruce Springsteen tickets, it is the antithesis 
was what he would have wanted me to have done with his tickets. But I was in college and I made $1,100 and I was good. But I ended up going, bought tickets from one of the other eight. And uh, so there I am at McNichols having a great time. And I'm watching this usher bebop up and down the center aisle. And I'm thinking, well, now he's having fun. And he didn't stand in line. And he gets to listen to the concert. He gets paid. And he gets free parking probably. And maybe he gets a deal on food. So I walked up to him at the end of the night and said, how do I get your job? He's like, you, sir, ain't going to get my job. And I'm I'm like, oh, come on. I just want to work with you guys. Well, here's the company you can call up. And uh, I, I, my first show I worked was uh, Steve Vai and Dave Lee Roth on the Eat em and Smile Tour. Followed quickly, and you'll, you might remember these games, but the Nuggets were playing the Mavericks in the spring of 88 in the playoffs. And I started up in the smoking section. They Somebody busted open some doors. I quickly ran over, not knowing what I was supposed to do and having played football in high school, but not really being an aggressive, hands-on person. <laughs> Three people ran in the door. I grabbed two of them quickly, shoved one out, shoved the other one out. And I felt terrible because the third one ran inside. I slammed the door. I turned around, and there was my supervisor. And I'm like, do I have to buy this guy's ticket? I'm so sorry. I only got two of them. I knew there were three. She goes, you got two. And I'm thinking, okay, so so I'm partially fired. I have to pay partially. What, what do I have to do? She goes, we're going to move you down to the floor. You're, you're going you're gonna to make it. Oh, good. And so you've been doing that ever since, right? Uh, yes, I, yes, my job in life. Have, which, which one is your side gig? I don't know. They both are. Neither of them pay incredibly well, but they offer me a tremendous amount are of they, love. Are the, uh, the Nuggets, is the, do you do the Broncos too? The, the company I work for could. Um, I could also work at Red Rocks. Red Rocks literally goes six months straight, and I have a marriage that is already, not doomed, but, but severely impacted by both my day and evening job. Mm-hmm. For me to go work the Broncos, it's, it's literally an entire day, and I just can't do it. Right. Well, I mean, I love uh, the, the only tickets I've kept. I had Maverick season tickets for 28 years. Wow. And did I see you at the, do you sit kind of right in the corner there? I stand. Sometimes, or you're kind of near the bench. Correct. But over to the side. And I, I texted you and I must have texted you because <laughs> I saw you at the playoff game. Oh yeah, for the, and, yeah. uh, your seats or where you were is like almost exactly where my season tickets are. Well, I'm glad I did. Right in the corner where Mark Cuban is. Yes. But uh, kind of where the bench and then he sits right there and we're like right behind there. And that's kind of where you were. And I thought, that's interesting. It's a great place to see a ball game. I mean, oh, yeah. to see a basketball game. Of course, any, any seat is a good seat. I think when when your team is winning. And, yes, I wrote on Mark one evening by mistake. Yeah. Somebody somebody asked him for his autograph, and I quickly produced a sharpie, and his his hand moved, and I, I I wrote on Mark Cuban's index finger on the side of it, and I felt terrible, and I was like, "Great, is the billionaire going to fire me?" I know it's not his venue, but he could probably put in a bad word for me. No, I don't think so. I think he's 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 enjoying life. He's enjoying life. Let's see. So, what are your what are your uh, personal goals? I mean, are you living your best life right now, and, and, and you just want to uh, keep going, or is there anything that you haven't done that you want to do, especially uh, for our listeners with respect to this uh, this hobby, this industry? Well, ironically enough, I mean, here we are at the National, and I keep telling people this, and nobody believes me. This is the first National I've ever attended, which is great, because people go, no, I remember we, we did something, and I'm like, what did we do in Atlantic City? Please tell me more. I, I would, Cleveland? Yes. I, I, what, what did I miss? You're, nowadays, you'll be virtually there. Yes. Yeah. I, would, I would always watch it from afar. I'd watch the GTS feed, and I would uh, you know, look at all my friends having fun. So I finally, I, I turned 50 in a few weeks, and I said, I can't turn 50, and my son's out of school. Let's go. And my buddy's from Chicago. Literally, I, said, I, I had to go, and finally, John broke me down and got me out here. Well, good. That's good. I, I hope you have a great time. I've been, we, we did a show just about the National and uh, and did another show about Mike Burkus, who's oh, yeah. one of the fathers of the National, and our godfather, kind of. And so it's it's been a great tradition, and I'm glad you're on board now. Expect to see you next year, too, if if that works out. But, yeah, I think it's already in the plans. I'm just having so much fun. In terms of what I want to do, uh, I'm doing it. I, I get to, uh, there's this guy from the Dunkin' Donuts commercial who trudges up to the door and I, I gotta make the donuts. And I'm the opposite of that, where I, I unlock my door every day and I've never had the same day twice. I never will. And I deal with a collecting base who want to come to my store. I don't sell insurance. Everybody who comes to my store, short of wives, girlfriends during the holidays and birthday time, they want to be there. I'm their place. 
um, cars stop in front of the store, and the kids like they, they don't wait till the car stops. The door is flung open. I don't know how kids don't die. That is that is uh, so inspirational, Mike. We're out of time, but we will definitely do this again and and pick up where we left off. I want to hear more about some of your card shop philosophies, and I know our reader, I mean our listeners, will want to do that too. So again, Mike Fruitman, thanks so much for being uh, an outstanding guest, and we'll we'll talk again uh, later. Thanks so much. <laughs>